Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where Void is experiencing technical difficulties this week. I'm Beej, and I'm here with my co-host, Jennifer! Rip Fences! Alright, okay. <laughs> that is... We are apparently talking about rip fences this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, my wife is a woodworker, and Jennifer here is my wife, in case you didn't get that. Um, she is a woodworker, and she's joining me this week to talk about everything that goes along with it, which I believe includes rip fences. She will tell us all what that means soon. And um, the reason being that Void's internet is broken. Um, so you guys basically get geek to geek unplugged this week. Um, uh, because this is going to be a minimally edited episode, because my editing skills are lacking compared to Void's. So part of my new job is to do live shows and just kind of run with it. So we're going to say that this is practice for that. Um, next week, though, everything is going to be back to the normal high quality editing and sound quality that uh, you normally get. So uh, bear with me as we get back... Today, you've got a Beach-tastic episode, and next week, I promise you will have your Void-tastic episode as usual. What about Gen-tastic? You want a Gen-tastic episode? Mm-hmm. Okay, this will be a Gen-tastic episode. But don't then. call me Jen unless you know me really well. I know you really well. Can I call you, you Jen? You can call me Jen, but okay. none of you people do. Okay. <laughs> All right. You see, I have to live with this, folks. Oh, uh, <laughs> this is true, though. She has told me that many many times. Um, I apparently call her Jen in in inappropriate conversations, uh, inappropriate circumstances. Um, So, all right, Jen, uh, tell us about yourself. I mean, everybody has heard me talk about you for about the last two years now. So um, why don't you let them know you as you instead of you through me? Uh, Well, I'm Jennifer. I plan programs and run all the publicity for a public library. Uh, And I've been working there for 11 years. And uh, I like Halloween, hugging my doggy, uh, superheroes, and feminism. Okay, that uh, kind of runs the gamut. And woodworking. Uh, and woodworking, yeah, that would be, uh, if you didn't include woodworking at this point, everybody's just going to be like, what Of in those the world? things, woodworking is the thing that I'm least good at because it's the newest. That is true, it is pretty <laughs> new. So, you know, speaking of that, woodworking is new. When you and I met, uh, you were not into anything like that. Um, so, you, like you said, you were into comp, like uh, superheroes and Halloween. Uh, so, what got you started doing woodworking? Like, tell everybody where this really comes from because it's not the kind of thing that just springs up one day. You wake up, it's like, you know what? I, I want to make some tables. Well, my dad. Uh, I grew up with my dad was a construction worker, and he he didn't build our house from scratch, but it was kind of a shell, and he basically did everything. So I grew up watching him, and I always wanted to learn the stuff, but I was also a major klutz, and my dad was kind of scared to let me do too much, because I really was a klutz as a kid. I know know that. (laughs) My my dad was the same way. And um, But, you know, it just kind of something that I didn't really think about for years. And then, uh, well, around the time we started shopping for a house, I started watching Fixer Upper, and, uh, and for those of you who don't know, Fixer Upper is a TV show on HGTV uh, that's uh, fixing, like really going through they, the way that their intro says it, taking the worst house in the best neighborhood and making it awesome. So uh, we were we were actually on the airplane coming back from Portland, and they had like on your phone you could watch some 
like TV, and I'd never even seen Fixer Upper because it was actually the, I think it was the very first episode I watched. I think I don't remember. It's the uh, one he put. He, I know he paints an S on his. Uh, he takes off his shirt. Chip takes off his shirt. He paints a Superman S on his chest and starts beating his belly like Donkey Kong. And to be clear, I'm not like somebody who's always watching HGTV. It was just something that I I watched this time. And uh, there was this kitchen island that was made by the woodworker on there, Clint Harp. And I was like, man, I would love to have something like that. But I mean, there's no telling how expensive that is. I mean, we saved up all year to go on this trip. I can't sp- <laughs> spend that much money on a uh, on a kitchen island. And, can't really spend like six, seven thousand yeah. dollars on a custom island. Yeah, and um, and well, anyway, so I started watching it, and I started watching the show more because it was re- really fun, and I'd see his this beautiful work he would do, and I was like, you know, I can't. It really started with. I'm never going to be able to afford to fill my house with custom furniture. Maybe I can make it. And uh, just seeing, just watching, you know, the hands-on process of of making the projects, it kind of started just putting the idea in my head. So, like, that's your goal then? Like, your end goal in all of this is making a kitchen island? No, my, well, I, I don't have an end goal because I want to do this my whole well, life. Well, I guess primary but, goal. Uh, I shouldn't say a end. Dining table. Dining, dining table is what I'm working toward now. Okay. Um, but then, you know, I, that's what kind of got me initially into it. Um, and so, first I just bought, well, actually, it was that first Christmas after that, my dad got me a few hand tools. He refused to get me any power tools. <laughs> Yeah, was, I remember that. Um, so my first my first project um, was um, this little table that I found online uh, through um, Steve Ramsey, who's a woodworker. He had, and I'll tell you more about him a little later. Right, go ahead now. Uh, he has a uh, YouTube channel called Woodworking for Mere Mortals, and that is where I would start if you don't know anything about woodworking and you'd like to give it a try. Um, and he had this very very simple little table that uh, was simple instructions that he said on there, this is a good first project. Uh, so, and I literally had a handsaw and some pallet wood off the side of the road <laughs> because I didn't even want to go spend the money on real wood on, you know, store-bought wood. Um, and I mean, I spent, how many nights did I spend in the art? I didn't have a shop. <laughs> I was in our living room floor with a handsaw. I had a tarp down to kind of catch the sawdust. It- it was a tarp down, like a side table, and the worst handsaw oh, that I've terrible. ever tried to use. There's a lot of things from Harbor Freight that are good, but not the handsaw. Yeah, if uh, you guys if you guys have a Harbor Freight around you, uh, depending on who you ask, they will tell you either to get tools there or to avoid it like the plague. Um, there are really good tools that you can get there, and I'm saying this because it was on my mind, not because I know. Jennifer is the one who has learned this and knows all about the tools. Yeah. That is not me, but this is the work. My dad was a carpenter too, so I grew up around hand tools and hand saws and doing some of this, and using this hand saw to make that table, it was one of the most painful experiences <laughs> that I've ever had. Like, it's frustrating because that saw was terrible. Do not buy a Harbor Freight's hand saw. But I spent, what, was it a couple of weeks pretty much every evening, and I would basically work on it until my arms were so tired from hand sawing <laughs> that I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I was working with this pallet wood that was all warped, and I didn't know how important it is. You know, this is the first thing I'd ever tried to do. Well, I'd take that back. I made that little tray with my friend, but that that was like... Almost nothing. No, you made that picture frame that's in our bathroom with the goat staring at people as they go to the restroom now. Yeah. That that we have. She made, with her friend, she made the worst 
frame for a canvas picture ever and it's hanging in our bathroom so that there's a goat that looks at people while they're going to the bathroom now so um but so we uh so i made this little table and it's still sitting and it i finally got it to work i mean it was a lot i don't even remember all the mistakes i made and all the things i had to redo because i I did not know what i was doing um and the hand sawing hand sawing was terrible working with this warped wood was terrible uh but i did it and then i had a table that you could sit things on and we like, still have stuff sitting on. Yeah. I mean, that's what our Switch and PlayStation 4 and Disney Infinity figures yeah. live on. So. Um, I mean, eventually I'll replace it with a better table, but it, it sits there. Um, and do you ha- can you put pictures in the show notes? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I've got pictures. We'll take a picture so you can see, like, just the very first thing that I did. That okay. was more than just, like, n- gluing two pieces of wood together. Um, so that was my first project was that little table. And so, like, since then, you've made a better table recently. Yes. That, uh, just to follow that same train of thought, you're, fa- you're doing a course with the Weekend Wood, called the Weekend Woodworker mm. right now, that Steve Ramsey from Woodworking for Mere Mortals YouTube channel, that he's put out. And so now, his first project in it is a patio table. Yes. So, going from... A patio the, end table. A patio end table. So, they're, I mean, they're roughly the same dimensions. They're mm. square tables with the shelf underneath where does how talk through the process of getting from this ugly table that you made with the worst hands on the universe to the table that you have right now like what's the difference in your skill level because you still said oh i'm still you know still the newest i'm still not the best at it but you, these are night and day mm-hmm. difference tables like what got you there like walk us through that process well it's been it's about two years between the two because it was christmas when i got those first set of tools um hand tools and I've, I've slowly bought tools and just watched lots of videos done lots of practice um i bought my first table saw that i bought was a 30 dollar table saw from a yard sale that i didn't even <laughs> so heavy yeah oh it weighed goodness. like 400 pounds <laughs> so heavy and uh and we just had to keep it on the carport because we couldn't bring it in the house still in the carport yeah you guys. still in the carport i'm trying i'm gonna give it to somebody um but uh i mean i didn't even know what i was looking at with a table saw um, Why didn't you ask your dad? My da- well, my dad would not talk to me about the table saw because he was so scared of me cutting my hands off that he didn't even want to have a conversation about it. And also, he doesn't do this. T- my dad's a carpenter. He doesn't. He's do- not a woodworker. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's built stuff, but oh, know, I know that's not, that's not his specialty, though. I just wanted to say because he didn't want to talk to you about the table yeah. saw. It's like so he just went and got one. Then I mean, and I know now that this table saw. It didn't have even a blade guard on it, so it wasn't very safe. Um, and it didn't have a working rip fence. Rip like, fence! Rip fences! Okay, so what's uh, a rip fence? A uh, rip fence is uh, basically the... How do you say it? The little... Not wall, but little bar that slides on the table. So, okay, so there's two different types of cuts that you make to wood, generally. There's cross cut, which is against... Which is across the grain. So, you know, you've got a long board... The grain's going, and you're wanting... It's, it's and you're cutting six, perpendicular. Yeah, you're cutting perpendicular. Say it's a six-foot board, you want it to be three-foot long. You're cutting... That's a cross cut. The other type of cut is a rip cut. When you're ripping boards, that's when you have, say, it's a six-foot-long board that's six inches wide, and you want it to be three inches wide. So you run that board through the table saw, and for that, you have to have a rip fence of this little wall to run the wood to- along to make it straight. Okay, Um, and so that's complicated. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of complicated stuff. So I know that you and I were talking as we were prepping this that you wanted to talk a little bit about, like, 
I've learned so much about woodworking just on the side, just it being on the periphery of my life. And like, I really honestly, at the beginning, I couldn't quite remember which one of the rip fence yeah. was. And like, there's a lot of stuff to remember. So like, do you have any, any advice on people getting started and how to learn these stuff? I mean, you said YouTube, you said, uh, mere mortals, but Steve Ramsey rather. Yeah. But like, what do you say? Like, how did you grasp all of this? I mean, uh, there were times when I thought I'm never going to get this because one of the things there's a, there's just this assumption that you already know all the terminology and it's very difficult. Even when you're watching, um, instruction videos, they use these terms about, you know, so you're, they said they're talking about a table saw and it's talking about a rip fence and a riving knife and all these things. And you're like, what the heck is any of this? You know, you can't, or, you know, cross cuts or, you know, ripping boards or miters and bevels. And you're like, I don't, and you go into say Lowe's or whatever your um, tool store you go to is your hardware store. And you're trying to read the tools and all the, descri- they don't say on the tools what they do or what other accessories you need to be able to do things with. Uh, so it's really overwhelming at first. And you really just have, just you just learn one term at a time. You just Google it. You know, you Google it. And sometimes you might have to, even Googling, you'll Google one thing and it's described with another term that you don't know. Uh, so, and I mean, it's really taken, I mean, it's really been the last few months where I'm comfortable when I'm reading uh, instructions and watching videos and uh, looking at tools that I know most of the terms. I still don't know how to use. I really don't know anything about routers, though. That's why routers. I haven't uh, done anything. So I still have a lot to learn. Uh, and a lot of things I know the words for, I still don't know how to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's a big yeah. difference, as we all know, in uh, in watching the videos and understanding them and actually going out and doing them. I mean, a lot of people who are listening to this may be like me, where I, my mind immediately goes into, like, World of Warcraft raiding videos, where it's like, I'm going to watch this boss fight, and I see it on the easy mode, where the experts who are doing it trying to teach you how to do it, and then you're watching Steve Ramsey or Izzy Swan, and and it's like they're making whatever it is. You're like, oh, that's going to be really easy. And then you try it, and it turns out that you chop your finger off. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it's this stuff isn't easy by mm. any means if you're watching it. But And I have to say, like, I don't care about woodworking. Like, I have no desire to get into doing this. That it is not my thing. But it's been really interesting to me to see you geek out about it so hard. That it's like me going into GameStop or a running shoe store where I go into Fleet Feet and feel at home. You go into Lowe's and just breathe heavily in and turn into Ron Swanson and be like, I know more than you and just walk walk I, past the people. I still have to ask questions sometimes, but I'm not quite, I know more than you. Yeah, but. you're not quite Ron, Ron Swanson yet, but you... I haven't I haven't hand chiseled a canoe and put it on my co-worker's desk yet. One day you will. I, hope I so. think you will. I did watch a video of him making a canoe out of a kit, <laughs> like a canoe making kit. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you guys know that you can get a canoe making kit on the internet? I know I've joked around that you can do anything on the internet and get anything on the internet, but you can get a canoe kit. Like and in case you don't know, Nick Offerman, who plays Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec, he is a major woodworker. He has his own woodworking shop. Uh, it's OffermanWoodshop.com, I think. Uh, and you can, I mean, you can go buy really expensive tables and stuff from them. He has a woodworking book that if you order, at least a few months ago, if you order it from, uh, the website, it's signed. So I, and you did that, yeah, right? I did it. I signed. And there, the, the, most of the projects in that are actually still a little advanced for me. Um, but it was a 
fun to, it's not a like sit and read cover to cover book, but it's fun to flip through. And I have a signed Nick Offerman book, so that's fun. And so um, I want to throw out on this one that I keep on my nightstand, um, Vanilla Bean Noel Bath and Body Works lotion and a Kindle loaded with science fiction. And on your side of the, uh, of the bed on your nightstand, you keep a signed Nick Offerman woodworking book. I would just <laughs> like to point out the difference here. Of course, it's really just because I've been too lazy to put it anywhere else. But. Doesn't matter. Still, that's where it's at um, um but, but you were talking about so how did i get so i went from yeah. you know the really really terrible beginner table um so you know i was watched lots of videos i slowly started accruing tools asking for them for christmas um i actually uh um well last christmas my dad did all the christmas shopping and it was great because i think i think i got more presents than usual because <laughs> i had something that uh he wanted to shop for um and uh you know, he got me an air compressor with a nail gun and uh, a few other things. But so, you know, started getting hand power tools, got a good jigsaw. Um, you guys probably aren't interested in me just listing tools. But uh, and then so last year, 2016 was kind of a tough year for me. I was, I mean, working my full time job, which I love. Uh, I had taken on being the president of a nonprofit that ended up being really, really time intensive and very stressful. And I was doing some side projects too. And it really just over, like down later, you're, I know you're going to ask me about other hobbies. Um, I got where I got through that year and I kind of separated myself from some, you know, having overcommitted myself because I really just exhausted myself. And I, so I had more free time and I realized I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> like yeah. uh, my whole, my whole, like I'd been so busy uh, and it's not like every single moment of my time was spoken for, but I was so t- emotionally exhausted that I just laid down and watched TV. I didn't. And it wasn't something. even emotion. All it wasn't even all emotion. Like it was physical yeah. exhaustion too. You you were being pulled in every direction mentally, but you were also constantly going physically. So it was very hard on you. Like I remember that. And uh, I just kind of had a little. I mean, I wouldn't say so far as an existential crisis, but it was <laughs> just like you know what am what am I going to do? I. I and I was like, well, I really like woodworking. So that's when I bought my good table saw. Because <laughs> buying, that's one thing, uh, you'll learn a lot of, a lot of woodworkers will suggest, um, starting with hobby level tools, like the less expensive tools. Cause I mean, to get a fully equipped shop is expensive. Right. Um, so there are some things that you want to invest in. And I would, ex- I, I think most woodworkers would say if you invest, the table saw is what you want to invest a higher amount of money on. But, Having that $30 table saw that I just learned the ropes on uh, taught me the exact features that I wanted to make it easier. Right. Um, so I even, so I, that's the one tool that I've invested a good chunk of money on, but I knew exactly what I wanted and I picked the uh, DeWalt 7491RS, I believe. Uh, cool story, bro. Because it has the best rip fence. <laughs> Are you serious? That's yes, what that's it is? why. That's why I said rip fence at the beginning. <laughs> that was the main thing is like, it is, if you go, if you go, <laughs> if you search like table saw reviews, everybody's going to talk about the uh, DeWalt c- series and how they have the best rip fences. Basically, that means you're not, um, it, uh, the whole fence moves solidly on both ends so you're not having to square it doesn't it go at an angle at all yeah, most, it actually moves parallel the entire time it's attached on both sides of the table saw with a rack and pinion system which is basically a little cog so as you slide it it moves exactly the same on both sides most of them they'll like 
they're only attached on one side and you're scooting okay. it. And so each time you're going to have to re-square it with the blade. Uh, and I mean, that's something that you learned yeah, because of the $30 one that you mm-hmm. bought at a yard sale that didn't have a rip fence on it. it that I remember you, attached. that you have to keep clamping it and measuring constantly. And you guys, I got to tell you, like watching this was painful. It's like watch, it's like teaching someone how to play Mario Kart for the very first time. It, it's painful to watch at first. And it's, it's one of those things that I know zero about it, but it's still that same philosophy of what I talk about running shoes and uh, and other exercise equipment that I always say that having a Walmart bike was one of the best things that I could have done because I didn't need a, a huge like $4,000 street bike whenever I started cycling. And if you like, I know Void runs in the not necessarily cheap shoes, but he doesn't go all out on running shoes like I do because that's not what he needs. He's found something that works. And whenever he needs the extra features that, uh, that's what he's going to look for where I had bad knees and uh, feet and ankles that I needed to have the more technical stuff. And I've had to move up. And that's the way you did with the table saw. I mean, it's, it's all I, the way I put it on the geek fitness podcast was, uh, that it was in defense of Walmart bikes and discount running shoes. It's like, I feel that way in defense of yard sale table saws. It's that's something that's really important that you don't have to spend a lot of money to see what you're going to need in the long now, run. Now, the one downside of that, like I said, that one did not have any safety features. I had to be very, <laughs> very careful uh, when using it because there was no, normally most modern table saws come with a, um, a blade guard. It's this plastic contraption that goes over the blade that lifts up as you push. So so the blade guard only comes up to expose the wood to the blade. Um, but there, I did buy, I did go ahead when I bought the table saw and I invested in something called a micro jig that helps you protect you from the blade. Um, but makers of the gripper. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you do, if you decide to go check out woodworking for mere mortals, which is a Steve Ramsey's YouTube channel, which I highly suggest, uh, if you're at all interested in it, first of all, the videos are really fun. He's really funny. I like watching him and I don't understand a lot of what he's talking about, but I like him as a as like a, a character honestly yeah. and micro jig uh the makers of the gripper <laughs> gripper the gripper is actually the name of the product i'm talking about um and uh it, they're the sponsor of his channel but i mean it's really a really good tool to have um and uh but anyway where was i i don't know oh yeah well steve has um and you know you feel like you're on a first name basis with him after a while but um he has very, very beginner videos, like explaining just the basics. Of, I mean, he'll have a video explaining what a cross cut is versus a, a rip cut. Um, but then he also has project videos where you follow along. And um, and so that was really how I got started. But uh, so, yeah, I went from that little table to um, to, you know, that little table with a handsaw <laughs> to starting to do um, some. uh uh, stuff with other little power tools. I bought a $20, uh, jigsaw from Aldi. Which is really good saw. I love like, it. She loves this saw. It's great. It cuts like butter. Um, especially compared to the, like, Butter doesn't cut well, though. It's compared to like the twenty-year-old Black and Decker jigsaw that had been given with, to me. That with a with a dull blade. And, and I, keep in mind, like two years ago, I didn't know what a jigsaw was. I didn't know what a rip fence was. I did. If you talked about, like, we talked about clamping down. Uh, I wouldn't even really know exactly what 
a clamp was. Like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I know you, the idea. I know what the word clamp means, but... But you don't know the specific jargon, you know, jargon use in woodworking. Oh, I'm going to uh, go get this bar clamp and clamp down this right. rip fence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Uh, and I mean, okay, so, so you've moved from bad table that our PlayStation lives on to awesome table. That is the first project mm-hmm. in this course. So like through this, you had to have learned some lessons. Yeah. Like what is the, what's the most important lesson that you think that you've learned so far? Like, like in terms of stuff that, that you are glad that you knew that you now know, like what is the, the most important lesson that you've learned through all of this? Well, uh, don't work with wet wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you mean? Like, like if, if it's raining outside, don't bring in the two by fours then? Or like, like explain, because I'm, I only learned this because of the situation that you're about to talk about. So like, wood is apparently very wet when you buy it, you guys. Uh, or pressure treated wood, at least. Okay, so I, I know later, one of the things he had in this outline, we always work he always works with an outline is uh, what my favorite project I've done is. And that's probably a full size patio table that the last two years I've taken off a week from work for woodworking. Like, so I could just, you know, do whatever I wanted in woodworking. The first year my dad and I uh, made uh, shelves for our kitchen. And that ended up being um, more just um, planing and staining wood. Because What's planing? Uh, <laughs> planing is smoothing it out. Okay. We planed and, uh, we bought rough lumber from a lumber yard, uh, and, uh, plane and sanded and stained it and mounted it on our kitchen wall. That was my dad's, uh, uh, housewarming gift for us. Uh, and then this past year I decided I wanted to, um, build a patio table and I decided to do a particular method. Um, okay, this, so... A lot of times you have a tabletop, and it's made out of smaller pieces of wood. You're not usually finding a a single piece of wood that is the size of a tabletop. Uh, So, but if you want it to be really smooth and not have cracks in it, then you uh, joint the wood so the edges are perfectly um, square to each other, perfectly parallel to each other, and perfectly flat so you can push them together, and there's no crack at all. Because if you just buy a piece of wood, there's a little wave in that. You know, it's not, you know, it may be a millimeter, but you're going to have cracks in it. And I decided I wanted to learn how to do that. Uh, Where there was no space between all of the boards. They were put together perfectly, and it was basically like playing Tetris with these boards. So I watched Steve's videos on how to do that. There's a, a jig, which a jig is basically just something you build to be able to do a project on your, on your tool, um, to be able to joint the boards. And I'm not going to go into that. It took me a long time to figure out how the jointing even worked, but I figured it out. I spent this whole week, I only even made the table top. I didn't even get the whole table done in a week. Um, but you know, cause I had to build stuff to make it and guys, it turned out almost perfect. Like it was, I was so proud of it. It was beautiful y'all. I mean, and this was with like, treated pine lumber from Lowe's, um, not some, but I sanded it up. Uh, there were a couple of um, tiny little cracks I was able to just fill in with wood glue, but for the most part, it was all, I mean, I took my time. I lost weight that week because I was picking up, because I was using two inch thick, six inch wide boards that I was, and as I fit, as I pieced it together, 
it got bigger and heavier, so I was picking up this like seventy pound. Uh, <laughs> it was like it's like watching CrossFitters with the giant tractor tire, like throwing it in the yard. Except it's my five foot tall wife doing it with just a wooden tabletop, just flipping it constantly. Like it was, it was that thing got heavy. And uh, I fi- I pieced it together using pocket screws. I was also learning how to use pocket screws. That so there was two major. Um, so, which if, if you do any woodworking, you've probably heard about pocket screws, but um, it's sort of an easy way to joint wood together for beginners. Um, but I had to learn how to do it too. So, um, and I like I really could not have been more tickled at how it turned out. It was one everything else I had built. You know, I had something in mind, and it you know didn't quite look the way I wanted it to, and this did. It looked like I wanted it to, and I felt so proud. Um, and but so I bought, I bought, I did with a uh, treated lumber, which is what you a lot of times will use outdoors because um, it's treated for it to be weather resistant. And I knew that when I bought the lumber, you know, I just went at the beginning of the week. I don't have a truck, so I had to get my dad to come down to pick up the the lumber. Um, and I knew that the wood was wet a lot of times when I think it's because of how it's treated. Um, the, it's like sprayed yeah. or and put under pressure and. Yeah, okay. So it's it's full of liquid basically. Yeah. And you know, I knew um and my I was mostly worried cuz something and I, this I had no idea when I started woodworking um that the primary thing that holds wood furniture together is wood glue. Like a lot of times your screws and your nails are just to clamp it together for the wood glue to dry and hold. Um it, I mean obviously it adds some extra strength, but and I'm not doing any like mortise and tenon joints or anything like that yet. Uh, words, words, cool yeah. Talk, bro. Um. <laughs> but anyway, so I did this. Uh, I had it perfect, and I knew, I, I knew that I was afraid that it was going to be too wet for the glue to dry uh, correctly because I wasn't going to soak in. So I mean, I laid the boards out, um, put just ran a fan over the boards for a, a day or two, and I, you know I got them as dry as I could. But I had taken off that week. To woodwork, I had to build it. So I built it. And my dad had warned me when I told him I was going to joint the, the tabletop like that. He said, if you're doing outdoors, if you're doing an outdoor project, you need to have um, you need to have cracks between the boards because it's going to shrink and uh, it's going to shrink and grow in the elements. And I was like, but the whole point is that I want to learn how to do this right. method. And I told myself, I promised myself, I'm like, if it if it messes up, if it shrinks or whatever grows and cracks i'm not going to be upset about it because i just want to learn how to do it however after i spent a solid week on it and it looks perfect and then over the next couple of weeks it shrunk a lot uh there were so there were cracks in my perfectly jointed table and i I didn't stress out about it at first i what i did is i went and i cut very tiny little strips of wood and I fit them down into those cracks and glued those in, sanded it down. And yes, if you looked closely, you could see that there were these little strips, but it looked almost as good as it did to start with. Right. I, and I was also, and I was, again, super proud of myself that I figured out a way. And because that was some pretty delicate precision work. And I, and I did it and it looked good. Then it shrunk more. Like, way more. Like, another, like, there are quarter-inch cracks in this table. Like, that's how much moisture was in this wood that dried out. And, I mean, where, and it didn't just make cracks. It 
because of the way I glued in these little strips, there's like pulled glue that you can it, see. It looks like spider webs in between. Like it looks like the two halves of the ship in Spider-Man Homecoming uh, where the glue is spreading out with the webbing. And, uh, and sometimes in the same strip, like half of it will have gone to one board, the yep. other half. So, I mean, it, it, it looks, I mean, if you just look at it from afar, it still looks like a nice table. Because I, I, I found some turned legs like... um. On the side of the road. On the side of the road that uh, in our neighborhood, I find all sorts of woodworking materials on the side of the road uh, and paint. And, you know, I built this nice table. It still looks nice. But if you look closely, there's some problems. And I have decided, and I was so frustrated then um, that I was like, I'm not even messing with it. But I think now that I've, I'm going to try it again, I'm probably going to try to get right. those strips out and put new strips in. Okay. Um, but anyway, so that, like, I mean, that's just be aware Wet wood shrinks. A lot. And it shrinks a lot more than you think it would. So if you're going to use treated lumber for anything um, that you want any sort of precision with, you're going to want to uh, buy it ahead of time. Um, Way ahead of time. Because you did days, but you're going to need probably a good month at the very least to let it dry out. And you're going to... We left it in the house and outdoors. Don't leave it outdoors in the humid swamp that is Alabama. And like there's a lot that that we've learned. And that was May, so it's very humid uh, when that was going on. So that was like wood is wet is the most important lesson that you've learned. Like, is there is that also the hardest lesson you had to learn? I mean, that, well, like, that's the one. Like in terms of the one that is the most like I won't say meaningful, but the one that it was like taking a punch to the gut to learn was that it, or was there something else that, that, that I mean you that was like, the single probably the biggest like one time mistake so far, but. I mean, in terms of like tips for people getting started, one of the things is to take it slow, try to start with small projects and, you know, don't get too big for your britches too fast, but also understand that you're totally going to get too big for your britches because there's going to be something you want to try that you're not really ready for and it might not go great and that's okay. Like just keep at it. Um, I, uh, there was this one tape that I, there's another little table that I built in between these two tables that I talked about, um, where I found uh, instructions for it, and I was really excited because the tabletop was really pretty. So that's what I started with because that's what I was excited about building. Oh, yeah. I forgot and, about this table. And I built the f- sort of frame around the tabletop. And the instructions for that I found online, which is a DIY site, um, it gave all these detailed instructions. But then when it came to attaching the legs, it said attach the legs. Like nothing else. Like yes. it just said, attach the leg? Yeah. And okay. there was no way to attach the legs. Like there was no way to get your screw into the top uh, and to do it. And so and you I, couldn't do it by just gluing it no. at that point because that would have made it you can't, you actually wobbly. Can't, you, can't, you can't glue with end grain. Uh. <laughs> cool, cool. Cool story. Good talk. Um, see, these are the kind of things that I know what she's talking about. Like... Because I've laid on the couch while she's watching YouTube videos about it. But it's like, I still didn't know that you can't glue end grain. Excuse me, princess. So, I mean, you can. It's just not as strong of a joint. But uh, anyway, so like, obviously try to start small. Don't, you know, you're not going to go and make this beautiful, sleek walnut dining table. I've been, I've been doing this. And like I said, I started from no knowledge at all and it's been about two years and i'm still not ready to build the beautiful walnut dining table i'm hoping maybe in another year i'll be i'll be ready to um but i'm not willing to spend that invest that kind of money in the expensive wood but also at the same time though you're doing this for fun 
like get a little big for your britches if you want to <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna take on something that you're not totally ready for i mean that's still how you're gonna learn You've learned a lot by getting too big for yeah. your britches. I mean, really, like you have you have approached these projects that were out of your skill level and you've come out the other side with a finished project. A lot of frustration and, you know, closing off the workshop door, uh, like just slamming it and like popping down on the couch. And be like, I'm going to watch TV now. I'm angry at this. But because one thing I also I've been very and I said this is my hobby. There have been times even in the last two years that I've gone three, four months without stepping, like, without turning on a tool. This is a hobby. And when I get too stressed, like, if I'm busy, I don't make, I'm, I've been very careful to not make this another responsibility or another right. thing that I have deadlines with. Cause that was the whole thing I was trying to get away from was having, uh, you know, so many things that I thought I had to get done. Uh, cause I, I'm so, I've been wanting to find a more formal way to learn other than just, you know, tinkering here and there. and Then just randomly picking yeah. a project in a YouTube video that you see, liking it enough to start it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but and if you live in a bigger city, there's probably a lot of uh, maker spaces and public workshops that you can go and take classes for. But in my city, there's none. I'd have to go drive about two hours for one, which is one thing to do for like a one-time thing, but um, to try to commit to doing that every weekend for like a six-week course, right. that's that's kind of hard to do, especially when I have a job that I have to sometimes run programs on the weekend. I just couldn't commit to that. So when Steve Ramsey, the Woodworking for Mere Mortals guy, and the Woodworking for Mere Mortals, the, the name is what it suggests. His whole thing is that anybody can do this. You don't have to have a huge shop. You don't have to have really expensive tools. You have to have some tools. Um, but, you know, anybody can do this. Um and he announced that he was going to do a formal course. And I knew, like, an online course. And I decided right then and there, whatever it costs, I'm going to do it. And it's actually pretty reasonable. It was $150 about to join um, and for a six-week course. And the idea is that it's called the Weekend Woodworker. And the idea is that each weekend you uh, do a different project. Uh, and it started uh, mid-October, I think. Yeah. And, and you know what? I've only done one project. Yep. <laughs> like, that's all I've gotten done. I'm going to do all of them. But, you know, I had Thanksgiving. Uh, we got a leak in my office and my dad and I have been installing new tile that took up one weekend. And uh, I'm doing this for fun. So uh, I'm not going to like when I'm tired, make also you shouldn't run a table saw when you're tired. That's probably probably uh, that's good that's, advice. You probably shouldn't uh, run a table saw when you're yeah, tired. Yeah, if you're if you're mad and tired, don't run a table saw. Um, you know, I, I've been clear to stick this with like I'm doing this for fun. I'm not going to um, uh, make this another responsibility, but uh, but also keep some dedication to it. And you know, once you've spent some for me, knowing that I've invested some money in tools, uh, I tend to be frugal. So the fact that I spend mm. a lot of money on a table saw makes me turn it on at least every couple months. And I mean, that's something that you guys who are interested in getting involved in this, and maybe if you have hobbies that are more uh, costly, uh, I shouldn't even say costly, that are more involved like this, or should realize that it actually costs a decent amount of money to get lumber mm -hmm. like new lumber is expensive new wood is super expensive especially Tools. if you're wanting nicer lumber i mean um uh, 
Well, and my point, yeah, if you want, especially if you want nice, if you want walnut, oak, anything that that's really pretty, um, it's going to cost a lot of money. But you can get a lot of like not as nice lumber, a lot of the rustic and reclaimed stuff. And the thing is, uh, I like, think pine is perfectly pretty. A lot of people kind of poo-poo on pine because it's the cheaper wood. But I mean, that tabletop that I built out of Lowe's pine, sanded down, looks beautiful. And just so you guys know, and I didn't know this, I want to put this out there that she's talking like, oh, pine wood. It's like pine is just the straight up, if you go to Lowe's and just buy wood, that's what you're going to buy. Pine, yeah. It's pine. I didn't know this. I didn't I, either. <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, hey, there's wood at Lowe's and Home Depot. And it turns out that uh, when people are bad-mouthing pine, which apparently happens, like this is so not my area <laughs> that I've learned about here, that it's like, that's just pine wood. And it, it's fine. You can polish it up and make it, it look really pretty. nice. And um, But the thing about woodworking as a hobby is that eventually you're going to get to the point where there's a return on this investment. Mm. That you're going to be able to sell this. This mm. Is, it's kind of like me in video games where I know that Void and I have talked a lot on here about I buy physical games because when I get done with them, I'm going to sell it. Like there's a Vita sitting right here beside us that once I get done with all the Kingdom Hearts games and stuff, I'm using it as a, uh, a PlayStation 4 mobile basically uh, around the house and I'll get rid of it and I'll sell it when I'm done. Um, so that's how I make money back and you can sell stuff at art fairs, craft fairs and stuff like that you know, once I, you get yeah. good enough. And I'm going to try to sell because a couple of these projects in this course whenever however long it takes me to get through the six-week course um you have access to it forever so uh to the videos and uh plans but um i'll have i'm gonna try to sell a couple of projects there's a couple of things that's either not my style or we don't really have room for here um so you know at least get the money back for the lumber and make a little bit of profit maybe help Uh, i my idea i really would like to sell a few pieces so i can save up money for a planer (laughs) well another tool and that's that's the one where you don't have to to smooth out the wood by hand like you did with the with the shell so basically that's i'm to the point where i don't have to have any more major tools to do things so um I'm, I'm not buying anything else until I kind of make the money off of yeah. selling a few things. So. And I mean, I think that's awesome uh, for a number of reasons. Um, but um, but I, I do. I think making money on it's really, really cool because this is just a hobby. And I mean, it's kind of like... That's not the- where it started. And it's not still not my goal. My goal is to make beautiful things for our home. Yeah. Um, and to um, and to be to know how to do something. Like, it's, um, it's fun to talk with other people and know what you're talking about it's fun to go in lows and not be so confused like i mean i was very i mean there were I'm times still confused there were times i mean seriously i would go there were times i went to lows like thankfully we live about five minutes from lows um when i mean i'd have to go like three four times a day because i didn't know what i was doing and i just wander around confused <laughs> like do not feel like do not feel like you can't do it. I mean, it's not like I can do it still, but I'm a heck of a lot better than I was two years ago. And I'm a lot more, yep. you know, comfortable with uh, um, doing some of this stuff and yeah. understanding the basics. And I'm I'm still confused when I go into Lowe's. I, I I just follow you around. Like I'm I'm very very much not the the Lowe's and Home Depot person. So like you've said, 
you've talked a lot about woodworking for mere mortals. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that that's because that is the main one that you watch on YouTube. Like, if there's one that, even with the weekend woodworker course, even if you guys don't want to spend the money on it, that, that this may not be your thing, but they actually have a list on there that if you go to the weekendwoodworker.com, they have a list of basic tools that are good enough to keep you going. That it's not quite the worst handsaw in the world tool that, that she started with. But these are things that uh, that you can get started with. I think it's an entire shop for under a thousand dollars. That's what he. I think you have to sign up. I think you sign up to get like notifications to get the emails to get or the something. emails, and he sends you the list. And um, and you actually still don't have to have everything no. on that list because he put a router on the list, and I don't have a router yet. And uh, he actually doesn't require a router for the course. And which is super weird, being a nerd, because every time I hear that, it's just like an internet access point. I think I think of the uh, I think about links and stuff like that routers like like these are things that that are completely new to me and but yeah you if you want a list of things that you really can make use of it's good to go to the weekend woodworker and i mean he has that. links to i think amazon um where to yeah. you know ones that he's picked out that he's tested um and I mean, I think they're all the ones I saw are fun. Like I said, I chose to get a nicer table saw after practicing with another one. That's the only thing that I have that's, a, yeah. um, I guess, would be considered closer to professional grade. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everything else. I mean, you're and like I said, I mean, I bought my miter saw. Um, I bought a Harbor Freight miter saw used from somebody on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, it, um, and it came with a blade. And blades are expensive, y'all. I didn't know this. Saw blades are so expensive. Like, it's crazy. Um, but I think you're but right. But anyway, I was asking about, like, you. this guy, Steve Ramsey, has helped you a bunch. Are there any others that people who are interested in just seeing what can be done that may be like Clint Harp? Um, if you watch Fixer Upper and you watch Clint, look at any, any of them that they have Clint Harp. And I think it's Harp Design Company out of Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. That which if you I've go look to. at, yeah, which you've been to, uh, which is awesome. I have a shirt from there that says hashtag, uh, love build run because he's a runner. And, uh, uh, like I love that you brought me back that. I think I wore that the other day. It's somewhere lying around here, uh, because I'm a slob and I just throw shirts. Um, but, um, like, you guys can see that stuff if you look him up. Uh, but what are some of the other things that people can look at to see if this is something they would want to get into? If you want to just kind of see fun stuff, um, uh, Steve is really the main channel that I've followed for actual, um, like, projects and instructions. Because uh, he makes it really easy. Izzy Swan is a fun channel. I haven't watched any of his stuff in a while because it is, it is way advanced. Like It is insane, almost it's, trick woodworking like there was one where he used his he he made like a sort of lathe type thing using his drill that allowed him to make a bowl with a table saw yeah I mean, like it was insane it, it was like what are what are those things it's not mc escher it's the 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 weird like courses that you yeah. have things what are those called who's that it's i can't a, think of it's it. one of those where it's like you knock you 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 knock over an egg that pushes down a domino that no, makes a like marble that. roll around it like it was that complicated like my brain watched this and i'm like oh my god it's it's, it's crazy and uh so he's cool but he does weird stuff i mean he makes like he does a lot of things that he 
he powers he he'll make like tools that he powers with a really strong drill. Like a uh, golf cart that yeah. he makes out of wood that he, he powers makes, with like, a drill. Metal dinosaurs that walk that are powered by drills. He does a lot of woodwork. That's just fun to watch. Like if you kinda want to just get excited about the idea that you can do really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh I mean you're not gonna as a begin although I actually some of his early videos I've gone back and mm. watched for some like I think I may have watched a table saw safety video. That's what watch I was about lots to say. of table saws, watch lots of safety videos safety videos are um, good yeah there's a make something uh youtube channel that's just a, what it's called is just make, yeah, make something. something it's a guy i can't remember the guy's name uh dan prosciutto something like that um just look up make something yeah make something youtube um but he, he goes by the drunken woodworker i think okay. in some things but um and he does he does a lot of woodworking he also does just other crafty sort of um he does some 3d printing stuff and uh, just creation essentially right um and uh so he's been fun to watch again i haven't really i have some ideas of things of some of his projects he always he'll do like a a video of ideas for like small christmas gifts to make uh he did one that was ideas of things to sell at craft shows if you're interested in that like small things that you can crank a lot of out in a small amount of time um there's actually like some pencil holders and things that he makes that are really pretty that I, well, I could do it if I had a drill press, but it would be, I could do it without <laughs> it, but it would be really right. Fun. So uh, anybody then, else? And then uh, another one that I have not made a project of hers yet, but I think would be a pretty good one for beginners is Anna White. Um, she has a, a website and a YouTube channel, and I am going to this spring actually make a couple of her patio chairs in my plan. She does a lot of furniture, a lot of patio furniture that's just built out of two by fours, which is, you know, an inexpensive lumber, uh, an easy lumber to get. Um, I think she uses pocket joinery, like I said, which takes a little bit of learning, but it's a beginner, it's mm-hmm. a fairly beginner uh, type of way to join wood together. Um, and uh, it's nice, it's nice, sleek looking furniture. It is. I've seen um, the, I've, you show me the pictures of these, then they go very, very well with the table that you've made already. There's, um, I watched some from April Wilkerson. Okay. She's some, a lot of the time people you're going to find have huge, like professional grade shops that have way more equipment than you and I. I mean, my workshop is half of a storage room. Right. Like, I mean... Um, you and, probably have an, a 10 by 8 yeah. re- section cordoned off that you can use. So I'm not going to have these huge... All these huge pieces. I mean, my table saw is the biggest piece of equipment right. that I have and that I'm going to have for a long time, probably. Um, and these people have two two or three car garages that have entire dust collection systems with shop vacs yeah. that go through the entire place, tools around the perimeter, workbenches in the middle. Like, there are some of them that I've seen with stuff hanging down on top I mean, of the workbenches. these people, is what they like, do for a living, a yeah. lot of them. And now those videos are fun to watch, like, just to see, oh, that's really cool. Uh, but, I mean, it's not what I watch for instructions. I mean, it's like... You're not going to learn anything that is applicable to you at the point right now that you're at. Outside of safety videos and stuff, you're not going to see how I can build this table by watching a master woodworker who has been uh, in their shop with tools that you have no chance of getting to. And there's any other... There's any number of other channels I've watched, like, one or two videos of here or there. You know, just Googling or searching on YouTube for a particular tool I want to learn about how to use or a particular technique that I, you know, that I don't quite understand from Steve's video. So I go watch a couple Mm -hmm. others. Um, And uh, so, yeah, just, uh, just, I mean, you, 
I really, I, my dad laughs at me because he grew up learning all this stuff um, from hands on, having lived in the country yeah. and worked construction. And um, I know he kind of laughs at me when I talk about what a great tool YouTube has been. But I mean, I could not have done this without YouTube. And I think like, everybody who's listening to this right now, I mean, we're on, they're listening to a podcast on this yes. to begin with, that we're the kind of people who, yeah, we're going to learn stuff through YouTube. Mm-hmm. That is that is not a foreign concept to anybody listening to this. But then you, you do have to, some you do have to make yourself jump in and start. Um, cutting on the table saw is scary at first. Like there were times when I would put off starting a project because I was honestly nervous about starting. Once I get it on and I'm mm-hmm. cutting, I'm good. Um, but, uh, like, you, you watch the safety videos and um, it just takes some time to get the feel for what they're talking about. So I can listen to the uh, explanations of what kind of cuts are safe and what kinds aren't on a table saw, uh, you know, ways to do it that's safe. Um, but it's really been the last few months that I actually understand it and have a feel for it. You know, when I'm preparing to make a cut, you should never make a cut on a table saw you're not comfortable with. <laughs> um, and you kind of practice, you know, kind of do a practice run, like of how you're going to position your body and everything where like, uh, because one of the things you think of, you think of with a table saw cutting your hand. The other thing is that blade is going like a million miles per hour and uh, it can kick the wood back and like bash your skull in. That's the yeah. other thing to worry about. So be really careful. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you start driving and your parents tell you that you're driving a bomb. It's, it's like that you're, uh, you're, you're sawing a bomb. Yeah. Um, it's this, this is something I would also like before, uh, you know, we move on to a couple of other things before we wrap up that I would just like to say I'm scared of the tools that I have not touched anything more powerful than a drill that she has that I've I do not do this I do not know how to saw I don't know how to use a power saw I don't know how to use the jigsaw I don't use the miter saw or the table saw any of this stuff I don't touch like I've watched these videos and I'm still intimidated and scared that I'm not going anywhere near them and you talk about them so cavalierly that it's just like and, oh. the, and keep on this is like so for me to be able to just throw this out I'm like I'm trying to not do that but right. um but it's like totally new I did not know two years ago I didn't yeah. know any of this stuff and was. that was why I was why I was saying that yeah. actually is because you're new to this you're not like Void's wife who has been knitting forever and ever and ever and uh, that this is something new that you're already this comfortable with that you have taken months and months off and done this mm-hmm. and so I think it's awesome that you it is very obvious I hope to everybody who is listening right now that you are that you really do geek out about this that that woodworking is something that you get just nerd happy about when you hear it when you see stuff about it because it's like on on my days off it's like i'm gonna be looking at running shoes and really nerding out about that stuff when a new magazine comes in you're like you walk into lowe's like i just want to go walk around lowe's and see what kind of saws they've got i'm like why but but that's the kind of stuff you do i wish you guys could see the smile on her face right now when i said that um but so Woodworking is a new hobby to you, mm. but I, before we run out of time, like we're already at almost an hour, and I want he told to, me that this would only be like a thirty-minute episode since it was just me talking about woodworking. Well, like, I, <laughs> I didn't know how long you would want to go, so hopefully, you know, whatever. Um, but 
Uh, that said, I know you. Our listeners don't. Like, they know you about the, the woodworking part right now, but you're, like, ultra geeky. Like, when you and I started dating, our first date, you guys, she and I got into an argument about Batman versus Superman in the middle of a bookstore. And yes, we are the kind of people who go to a bookstore on our first date. Do not judge us. And, uh, but, like, we got into into that. Like, you're super geeky. You got me into watching Buffy and, and everything Joss Whedon. Like... Tell us more, like, recently woodworking's been your yeah. focus, but tell everybody about, like, what else do you geek out about? Like, what's, what, what, what makes Jen tick? Well, I, I've always, you know, long before the super, I, I, I did not grow up reading comics, but long before, um, you know, the superhero splurge of this last few years. Renaissance, the Renaissance. Renaissance. Um, I was always, like, my first, the, my first favorite TV shows were He-Man and She-Ra, and then Darkwing Duck. Uh, what? Yeah, I love Darkwing Duck. I can remember getting, I can remember it, like one of my, I wouldn't say earliest memories, because I was, I don't know, five or six, four, four or five, six, um, was getting so mad because my sister was watching something on the TV and it was time for Darkwing Duck to come on. <laughs> um, and then my first favorite live action show was uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, uh, which... Uh, I loved that show, and I kept right. watching it. Uh, I kept watching it far after um, it was not good <laughs> anymore. <laughs> um, but and I remember, uh, I always, I always like to talk about TV shows. I like talking about stories with people, and I remember one of my friends who I always sat with on the bus to school. Um, said at one point that she kept watching Lois and Clark just because she knew she had to talk to me about it on Monday morning. Uh, so when uh, when I discovered like pop culture studies in college, it was just like my people. Because yeah. um, I always, I can remember, uh, I, I, I loved uh, the X-Men animated series and I can remember talking to my friends about that and then be like, why do you want to talk about this cartoon in detail? Um, so I've just always Because been, it's awesome. I've always liked stories. I've always liked sort of the, um, you know, iconic, uh, archetypal sorts of, uh, superhero type stories. Um, I, we're, we just probably mentioned before that we're big into Halloween. Uh, I did a whole episode on it uh, just a little bit okay. ago on uh, Halloween because we're so into I don't it. listen to his podcast. Don't tell them that. <laughs> no, I don't, no. I don't really like podcasts. <laughs> 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 other than S-Town. Um, but anyway, so um, actually it was as I was graduating high school, I got really into pumpkin carving. And I've um, that was like my crafty thing. It really was my only sort of more crafty hands-on thing that I did for a long time uh, before I got into woodworking. I've been I haven't been focusing as much on pumpkin carving the last couple of Halloweens, but I'm looking forward to getting back to it uh, yeah. this year. Uh, so we always watch. I was so happy when I discovered Halloween Wars on Food Network to see the really awesome pumpkin carvers on there. Um, yeah, that was one when we started watching it. It was like uh, professional pumpkin carvers. Like that was their job. It was insane that there there's there's a very niche market for it, but it's there for people who can do that professionally. And I mentioned, I just mentioned briefly pop culture studies. I guess I should say it like so. I majored in English and uh, got my master's degree in English. That's and, where she and I met, y'all. We met while we were both in grad school for English. And I did a fair amount of. Um, pop culture and television studies in uh in my uh in my graduate studies particularly we actually went to slayage which is the conference on buffy and just the um 
all of Whedon's work. I went to, uh, presented at that conference a couple of times. So, uh, I wrote a, uh, I took a, a, uh, American, uh, frontier literature, basically a class on Westerns and wrote a paper comparing Firefly to like Western novels and, and films. Um, and with that in mind, I want to interrupt here because I've still, you and I still have to sit down and do our Logan episode. Yes. Because, because of that class and that paper and how much that you've latched onto that particular area of pop culture studies, that that's, and just in terms of interest, really with Firefly and everything else, that, uh, we need to watch it again and do that episode, especially if everyone who's listening to this likes you as much as I think they will. Um, and if you don't, don't tell me. Because really, and, uh, you're talking about geeking out. That was one of the things that, like, you know, I've, I've gotten some superhero fatigue as much as anybody else these, this last, you know, year or so. But I came out, I mean, I, I still love all the Marvel. I mean, I love all yeah. the Marvel movies. I love each one. But sometimes it's hard to get as excited about keeping up with every little bit of it when there's so much. Uh and, uh, but I came out of Logan so excited because I was like, this was like my paper. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was the most literary. Not just my paper. I mean, it, it's, yeah. you know, it goes into uh, a lot of the archetypes of the Western and we'll get into that. And, and it, and because it was a, it was more literary, it was more, uh, deliberately constructed than a yeah, lot deliberately of the, constructed. Yeah, it's good. a lot of the other ones. And you can tell that we're getting into our area now because it's like pop culture studies go over here and it's like deliberately constructed narratives. And it's like, everybody's heard me talk about how much I love narratology and things like that here. And then, uh, turns out other things. I really like cooking. Um, she's a good cook. Look, y'all, okay. I really lucked out on this one. So other things, like I've learned, um, I make my own uh, like curry blends from Alton Brown. We learned a lot from Alton Brown. Um, you know, grind my own spices. Some of that stuff I get kind of, I have to, um, I can get kind of geeky and snobby about sometimes having stuff made with fresh spices. And Like really, you, d- you wouldn't think somebody could geek out about spices, but this woman getting into a... Cardamom. Uh, mm. Good cardamom. Stuff. Get some cardamom seeds off of Amazon and grind them yourselves, y'all. Mm, 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 mm. Um, you know, so all of this, out of all of this, so you mentioned earlier, I want the last thing I really want to talk about here is that one of the one of the questions that Void and I get the most often is how do we balance all of the geekery that we've got? Mm. I mean, for everybody knows mine and everybody knows Void's and the stuff that we have to balance in our lives, but you have just as much. Mm. I mean, I've got running to go along with all of the video games and movies and pop culture and everything else. And I work out too. And you work out, you do all of your stuff too, and you would work. Mm. Why woodworking? What about it made you, how do you balance this stuff? And why was it woodworking that kind of floated to the top of the ones that that's where you were going to focus that energy and get out of that kind of negative spot that you were in? I think it was the fact that you're producing something, the fact that I have something to show for it. I guess I I felt kind of floating. Like I I did stuff that was fun, but I didn't, I wasn't progressing as a person. I didn't have anything that I was getting better at. And I think it's important as you get in, as you get a little older, I'm 33, almost 34 now to, to recognize that you can still learn things. You can still (laughs) learn totally new things. It's really easy to get stuck of like, well, this, these are my skill sets. This is what I know how to right. do. This is, and that's it. Um, and I, it really actually helped me. I learned how to ride a bicycle when I was 30. Right. Yep. Uh, I t- <laughs> and that actually really was like, you know, obviously, you know, you can still learn things, but it's easy to just get in a rut. And uh, so um, the woodworking is something that um, 
I guess it floated to the top because I felt like it was something, for one, it just felt like something that could be a lifelong hobby that I could get better and better at, right. um, you know, over my whole life. And, um, and it was something that I'd have something to show for that was productive. And, uh, it gives me, I get a, a better sense. I find having a better sense of satisfaction than I do, um, you know, just screwing around, you know, uh, <laughs> uh then uh yeah i understand i mean and and though we've had those moments of we've had those moments of just having to lean in and sometimes i'm just gonna play mario kart donkey kong it's like that but but when the i completely understand because for me with running it i feel like there's something tangible there Mm. because of being able to get better see it in my body and the way that i can move forward like a lot more than i can say if i get another 15 moons in super mario odyssey yeah um so yeah i'd say in terms of balancing um it's really that i make sure it stays a hobby and that i don't let it stress me out i do it i make time for it like i like i said i actually use some vacation time to do it um and um to be able to like my vacation time the vacation time that i use for is when i'm able to just like spend some time focusing and improving skills and then every now and then devote a weekend to it um Mm -hmm. but i don't let it I don't let it become another thing that stresses me out. Yeah. You I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it stresses me out. But it's, <laughs> it never becomes an obligation, like you said yeah. earlier. It's something that when it stresses you out, you can step away from it, mm-hmm. as opposed to it being like a job where you have to power through it and mm-hmm. do it regardless and really start to burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've, got my, I've got my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and that really is, this is going to, this is right now has passed the point at which it's a fly-by-night hobby mm. that it might be something that you get into. It was when you realized that that $30 table saw proved to you that you wanted to do this for the long term, mm. that it was something that you cared enough about to invest in. And it was not necessarily even the money. It was invest your time and energy and mental effort to be able to do and, that. You know, I'm not going to lie. There's probably something, you know, you feel if you – feel a little spe- special being a woman doing it right i mean i like doing things that um are not expected i mean that's by no means the main reason but <laughs> i was uh working at a friend's house uh helping him install some baseboards i brought my miter saw over there and uh the window was open and this neighbor came up in the window while i was running a power tool which wasn't a good idea and just went you're a girl <laughs> <laughs> and i cut off the saw and i was like what and she said, are you a girl? And I went, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, a girl using power tools? And I was like, don't, don't I look like one? <laughs> it was a Steve Trevor moment. Um, but it was just kind of crazy. That's, that's a really good spot to stop right there. So... Um... So, yeah, do you have any takeaways for that? Any one last bit of advice or thing that you want everybody to know about woodworking you? Anything else at all? Uh, buy lots of clamps and and tight bond, too. True. Those are the two things. I, I will say that I even knew that a woodworker cannot have enough clamps and that tight bond, two is way better than tight bond, three, according to every woodworker on the Internet, including my wife, uh, because this is on the Internet now. Um, it, or it will be after Ooh, I'm that. a woodworker on the Internet. You are a woodworker on the Internet now. Um... So, moving forward just a little bit, it's time for the Geeky Offer of the Week, uh, where we talk about something that you can do to give back to your favorite podcast, which is this one. Uh, this week, I'm going to give a book recommendation.
recommendation from audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast where you can get a free audiobook of any audiobook that you want. But I want to recommend my books that I wrote and that Jennifer edited. Um, I, they're called Birthright, Lineage, and Legacy. Uh, they are the series The Technomage Archive uh, by B.J. Keaton. Um, and the reason I wanted to be this shameless was because while I had Jennifer on here, uh, she is the only reason these books are any good. Um, I lucked into marrying an excellent freelance editor, and she has gone through these books not as my wife, but as someone who wants them to make money and sell. So um, you always hear people say, don't ever just let your family edit or read your stuff and believe them. Well, I believe her because she has been paid by people better than me to make their stuff better, and uh, she has made these books absolutely wonderful, and I owe her every penny that I've made off of them, and uh, which... Thank you. (laughs) I take cash or check. You have, actually. (laughs) You get direct deposit, actually, on these. Uh, So if you guys want to support... We share uh, an account. (laughs) If you guys want to support Jennifer and her wonderful, wonderful abilities, uh, and this podcast, because it goes to the podcast, uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geek2geekcast and listen to my audiobooks, the Technomage Archive, uh, on Audible for free. Um, That means it's time for Weekly Geekery, where we tell you about everything that we've been geeking out about all week long. And for me this week, I have really dug in on Super Mario Odyssey. Like, Jennifer bought me the Switch for Christmas and gave it to me early, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, but I really finally dug in on Odyssey, and I made it to Bowser's Castle this morning, and it is fantastic. That I just want to point out that if you're you were like me, where you get to New Dawn, City, and you're like, this game is good and really great, but it's not like Mario 64 great. When you get to Bowser's Castle, that's where everything is like, oh man, I see what this game is going to do. Like, I cannot wait to beat this game so I can go back and see how it opens up that people have talked to me about. Um, I've also been playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe a bunch. Um, that we have, uh, Jennifer and I have been playing that together. We liked it enough that we have played it together so much that we were only going to use the Joy-Cons that came with it, and we ended up going and buying a second set just because of the, the, uh, how much we like playing it together with the two Joy-Cons. So Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is fantastic. We've talked about it before. I'm waiting on my Steam Link and Steam Controller to come in. I'm really excited because I have a friend, Nick, who has told me that he loves the Steam controller, and it's like his favorite controller now, and he has been trying to get me to buy one for months and months. And Cyber Monday deal. And it was a Cyber Monday deal, so I was able to get both of them for $34, so I was really excited about that. Um, It's still on the way, so I'll let you know how I like it when it comes in. I'm assuming a bunch of you guys already have the Steam controller, because I know a few of you have told me how much you either love it or hate it, Um, but apparently it's super weird, so I'm excited to see uh, how I like it. I've also ordered, I don't remember if I told you guys about this, but I'm going to tell you about it again if I did, that I forgot that I ordered a copy of Brandon Sanderson's new book, Oathbringer, and that I ordered a signed copy of it. I forgot that I did it. It came in, and I'm super excited, and uh, he he wrote that I was his shame and his glory, and, or my glory and my shame, and it's from books. Y- y'all, y'all know that if you've read the 
the Way of Kings and the Stormod Archive books. But I'm super excited about that. And I got a new GPS watch, the Garmin Forerunner 235, to replace my Apple Watch, uh, which if anybody wants to buy an Apple Watch, I've got one for sale. Uh, because I switched to Android, and this is an absolute... I'm staring at it right now. You guys can't see it, but I'm looking at it because it's so pretty, and I love it. And... Uh, it's a, it, it really is a better GPS watch than I've had in the past from the Pebble, the TomTom Cardio, and the Apple Watch. This is by far the highest quality, and I totally understand now after just a few days of using this why people go with Garmin over everything else for running watches. Like, I cannot recommend it enough that this is going to be, I'm, I'm now a Garmin GPS guy. So you runners out there who are kind of waffling on it, this one is by far the two thir- the Forerunner 235 is absolutely fantastic and way better than using a smartwatch to run, which is fine. And this just proves that it's, uh, it's awesome. And I get notifications on this thing. So I use it like a smartwatch uh, as well. So awesome. Um, but Jennifer, what have you been geeking out about recently? This is your first weekly geekery. So, uh, so tell us. Well, well, you mentioned the Switch and, uh, we've been playing Mario, been playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on it. And man, I geek out over that auto steering. <laughs> yes, it is. So- so much nicer than the Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. I did not. Uh, I did not grow up playing video games. I we had an Atari when I was really young, and we had a learning, like an educational gaming system called the Socrates. Oh man! Uh, oh, I remember you showed me that on. Yeah, I showed you the yeah. pictures of it. Um, that uh, like my sister learned math when I was really young, so I just did like the paint thing on it. Do a Google image search for like Socrates video game system oh, or something boy. like that. Like we we done this, and you'll see this. this is like a little it's, robot named Socrates. Yeah, it's super weird, y'all. Y'all need to look. Um, but so I, I did not grow up gaming. So BJ actually taught me uh, mostly how to play video games, just us playing together, particularly Mario Kart. Um, and uh, so, but I, I've always, I mean, I've gotten better over the years, but uh, it was always really hard for me. So the auto steering, um, the auto steering has been great because it makes it, I mean, I still don't always win or anything. It's still challenging, but it's, you're not so dang frustrated all the time. Uh, I've just fallen off. It, I like Rainbow Road now. That's weird. Um, like nobody, I don't understand people who like Rainbow Road anyway. Like I, I like them better now, mm. but without falling off, I've noticed that they hold even less luster for me. Uh, like I like them even less where they're not even frustrating. They're just straight. It's like you're just going along now. Like they've, it's weird that falling off is actually what made me like Rainbow Road, even though that was one of those things that made me want to just throw the controller for, you know, the last 20 years, maybe. But yeah. And then, uh, like I said, I, I don't play a lot of video games. It's very rare that something just really... I mean, obviously, Mario Kart's a lot of fun. It's really rare for a game uh, that uh, to really catch my attention and make me want to play it, you know... Over and over again for a long period of time, yeah. Um, and... Uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Wii U. I, I love that game. It is so fun. <laughs> it's pretty. The music is fun. I like those little monkeys. <laughs> and you guys, she likes this better than Mario Odyssey. Like, it's just more her type of game. And, and that's Well, great, a lot wanted... of it is, I'm not actually great in 3D worlds um, where I, I, I like the side-scroller of the Donkey Kong, but it's beautiful like a 3D, uh, like a 3D game, but it's just, you're not having to worry about the three dimensions and i have a hard time like actually in mario and i i get the hang of it after a little while but in mario odyssey 
when I'm trying to jump on top of something, actually jumping on top of it because it's too many directions to worry about. I'm just not very good at it. I still hold that Mario Odyssey has too loose of controls. Maybe that that it it does not feel as tight as um it uh, does not feel as tight as other Mario games. Because I did learn how to play Galaxy. You did. Yeah, I played and Galaxy for a long time. I, I still have to play Mario Galaxy too. I have it sitting in there to to try and get through at some point. So I just have fun. Uh, I like using Dixie as the as the companion. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is the boss fights aren't very fun. No, they're uh, there's not. been, uh, they're too long and I'm not a huge boss fan anyway. I, I like doing the levels in it. So there have been a couple of times because BJ is better at video games than I am because he's played them since I was two and I've only played them. I've played, like, pe- played them probably since you were born. I played yeah. them since I was two. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why I said you were two. You said since you were two. Either doesn't matter. <laughs> Welcome to a marriage. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, so sometimes I'll get, because I play, I I really am not worried about accomplishing in video games. It's Shoot air doing, quotes. Uh, just doing for fun. So sometimes I'll uh, I'll get him to beat some of the bosses because he can do it quicker than, and he, he doesn't have fun with them either. He oh no, they're them. terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. This is not an, oh, I'm better at video games than you. Give me the controller. It's like, no, nah, this is terrible. I don't know why they did this. I can do this easier than you can, but it's still not fun. Although I did beat one. There was a monkey one where they fought these monkeys. I was asleep was and I didn't get to see that one. Like, yeah. I fell asleep on the couch while you were playing. It wasn't, it. It wasn't as hard um, and uh, I, I beat one on my own. I'm I'm on level I'm area four, I think. Four, I think, uh, is what you're on like out of six, six or seven. Yeah, uh, but it's really fun. I I just like to play it. Just, um, I still only usually play in short bursts though, because I'm just not a huge uh, gamer. Uh, but um, the other thing, you know, we had Thanksgiving, and a tradition that we started last year. Uh, well, I just go back. I grew up. I mean, Friends was on when I was a kid, and I was not a huge Friends fan. I mean, obviously, it was a huge part of the cultural, how do you say the word, zeitgeist. 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 Um, you know, it was kind of like Seinfeld. Everybody knows we're on a break. Uh, but I, I I, watched it when it happened to be on. It wasn't something I watched all the time. But when it first came to Netflix, like everybody else, we binge-watched it, and we could not believe how much we loved it. I mean, like, we, I loved it when I was a kid, but I couldn't remember loving it as much as I did as an adult. Like, oh my goodness. It's the only show that Netflix will ask us, are you still watching Friends? It is not the only oh, show. Yeah. That, it is the only show that Netflix asks us, are you still watching Friends? But it is not the only <laughs> show that it will ask me if I'm still watching. But one of the things that uh, Friends uh, developed was they always had a really good Thanksgiving episode. So we, uh, I don't even know why we decided to do this last year, but we decided over Thanksgiving weekend to watch all the Thanksgiving Friends episodes. And it's really fun because you get, first of all, you get kind of the arc of the whole series by yeah. watching one uh, uh, one episode per season. You're like, oh yeah, this is when, uh, you know... Uh, Joey's mad at Chandler because Chandler started dating his ex-girlfriend. And, yep. you know, uh, just little things like that. Oh, this is when Monica and Chandler are trying to adopt a baby. Spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Friends by now, yeah, though, I'm not I mean, worried y'all. about it. Um, but, and they always have a really funny uh, Thanksgiving episode. Every season has one except... And there are ten seasons. Ten seasons. Uh, season two has an episode that they mention Thanksgiving... But, but it's not really a Thanksgiving episode. So we skipped that one, but then there's another season. I don't remember. It's either season three or four, where basically they have a doubled up Thanksgiving episode. Because there's a Thanksgiving episode, but then the second episode, the episode after it, uh, there's basically a subplot of Ross gets in. Ross has his leftover turkey, his Thanksgiving leftover sandwich at work, and somebody eats it, and he has a breakdown and ends up 
like destroying going, his life. Yeah, and getting like fired and everything yeah. because of it. And uh, I think that one's called The One with the Sandwich. Yeah. And like that's the title of it. And so in our notes that that I've put down in the show notes here for us, it's talk about replacing the season two episode with the one with the sandwich. And it works on two levels. It's like words. That that's why they name them like that. I know it is. <laughs> But they're, I love the titles. All of them are the were one the cl- with They the, were the clever ones. Not I'm you. clever because I wrote it down. Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, that was just really fun this week to go through and do that. And I, and um, even though we watched all of them last year, it's just been a year. It, they, I mean, maybe in it, 10 years, if we keep this tradition up, they'll start to get old. But they certainly didn't. But it was year. great. Like, I was still just cackling at this stuff, mm-hmm. even though I've seen them five, six times each total and over the years. And the best episode is the season five one. Uh, when they wear the turkeys on their heads. Oh yeah, that's the best one. Yeah. So you guys, you guys should do this if you haven't done that. Uh, and and if you guys have any holiday traditions like this, I know so many people have have uh, Christmas traditions and things like that where you watch a Christmas movie, maybe you watch Die Hard, like Jake Peralta or something like that. It's whatever it is. I want to know about Thanksgiving traditions. Like, do you guys have anything that's a little more out there? Like, we have like watch ten seasons worth of Thanksgiving episodes from Friends. Uh, I want to know about that. So you need to let me know. My favorite Thanksgiving tradition is an hour after dinner, my dad says, Debbie, what are we having for supper? And my mom goes, we already ate! What are you talking about? Every year, it happens. It does happen every single year. Although, for me to hear it, I'm usually passed out both before and after that, uh, before lunch. I don't know why, but I miss it sometimes because I'm asleep. It's especially funny because my dad does just as much of the cooking as my mom. Yep. So it's not like, anyway. So my last uh, weekly geekery is like, I mentioned at the beginning, I work at a public library and uh, library outreach is something I've been really geeking out about. Um, The idea that a library isn't just people coming into the building, but you want to take your services and learning opportunities out to the community. And I recently, uh, one of my coworkers sent me an article about, um, uh, it's a, a organization called Libraries Without Borders, and huh. they are, um, I can't remember what city it was in, I think it was someplace in Michigan, um, that they started putting, um, like, computers and books and having library programs in the laundromat. Oh. Where you have families, a lot of times they're, I mean, not exclusively, obviously, but a lot of times they're poor families if they're having to come and use a laundromat to wash their family's clothes and they're stuck there. So it's like, why don't we, um, bring services to them? And, um, that's just been really getting, I guess I've been geeking out about that. Not, you know, we may or may not do that exactly at my library, but thinking of, you know, how do we find those places where people are, and um, that it can become an enriching experience and we have an opportunity to provide a service and to help people because, I mean, that's a whole – I mean, that's literally the only reason libraries exist is to help people learn so uh, and to help people have access to resources. That's that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about laundromats. Like, you hadn't even talked to me about that. So that's something new that I, mean, I get to I see about. about I mean, oil change places. Yeah. You know, anything that if somebody is, like, stuck there, give them yeah. something that they can – and I mean, I know a lot of people who, and I know some of you guys who listen have talked to me about being librarians uh, before and have actually been in contact with Jennifer. Uh, so that'll probably be really, really cool for you to hear too. And a lot of the stuff that, um, that I've heard about it are like the little free libraries, but a lot of people talk about them on street corners or, or in like residential areas and things like that. But that's not where people are 
are at. Like, mm. they're they're passing by. They're not spending time there, usually. So having stuff at the laundromat and stuff mm. like that, that's a really, really cool idea. Like, like that's that's that must be why you do it for a living. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, that wasn't my idea. <laughs> but but you can you can run with it. Yeah. So uh, so those of you who are also in the library field, think about laundromats, too. It's a good idea. Like, I really like that. Like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there anything else that you'd like to end with? Anything else that you were geeking out about? Tell people where they can find you online, if they can find you online anywhere. I'm a ghost. Does that mean they can find you on Snapchat? No, no, I'm not on Snapchat. <laughs> no, but if you, uh, she does not check it very much, uh, but she is at jbkeaton13 on Twitter. I'm not going to see your message. Uh, she will not see your message. <laughs> Sometimes she has email notifications for tweets, which blows my mind. It's like, huh. Okay. Uh, because sometimes she'll get an email. It's like, I got an email that somebody tweeted me and as geeky and tech savvy and you know, you're, you do tech all day long. It sounds like the like 90 year old, it, most 90 year old, like anti technology misunderstanding that I could ever, somebody tw- emailed, tweeted me and I got an email about it. It's like, it's just funny to me that that is particularly how it is sometimes, but you can tweet her there and maybe it will send her an email or you can tweet me and, uh, I will, uh, relay the message or I will be like, I'm gonna tag her in it, tell her to check Twitter. So, um, that is it for us. Uh, that has been my wife, Jennifer, uh, talking about woodworking, uh, pop culture and everything else. Um, and if you would like to write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback, our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter at at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We are also on Slack if you are there during the workday and you can go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for an invite, and we are part of a podcast network. So go to geek2geekcast.com to see any of the other shows that we have and make sure that uh, that you're listening to them as well. They're fantastic people. Uh, if you missed Void this week, you can always find him at agreenmushroom.com and yell at him at at grnmushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with the two E's that I stole from his green mushroom. And I blog at geekfitness.net. I'm Jennifer. I work at a library. And you can find her at flpl.org. <laughs> um, we have been Beej and Jennifer with your geek to geek podcast. Uh, that'll do it for and this. And this is my first podcast. <laughs>